Hello and welcome fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Ventilera. Yeah! <laughs> Except that's goofy. I wish we watched the goofy movie. Well, like one like they did do a goofy. <laughs> they uh, did do thing. a goofy scream. Um, <laughs> we are the box office losers each and every week. We deep dive into the movie sphere to watch and review any and all films to ever grace the silver screen or your TV screen. This week, we're talking about Tom and Jerry 2021. Yeah, man, you did this to me. Yeah, what? You hey, made me watch this. <laughs> I, both me and you ha- have an appreciation for, for, for Tom and Jerry. Also, this cast is ridiculously stacked, and I hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's for no no this reason. Ca- this cast is so good, and yet this movie is, is not. So you know, <laughs> we'll get into the cast in a sec, though. Uh, I'll read yeah. the overview for this for yeah. this movie. So, Tom and Jerry, released in some countries as Tom and Jerry the Movie, is a 2021 American live action slash computer animated slapstick comedy film based on the cartoon characters and animated theatrical short films series of the same name, created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. It is the second fully theatrical film adaptation of the characters following 1992's Tom and Jerry the Movie, which is actually really good, and I wish we watched that one, because they talk, and it's good, and it's all cartoon, there's no live-action people, and this one is directed by Tim Story and written by Kevin Costello. Tim Story is actually the pigeon that talks to you in the movie. I, um, Fun fact. I, I would have preferred um, we never hear them talk, ever, but, you know... I like the movie where they talk. It's actually because it's got like I don't care that they talk. It's got a good story. Mm-hmm. It's about this like orphan so, girl who's like, uh, fucking. My aunt wants to kill me for my money, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty but good. also like, um, th- th- this movie though, like it is technically a reboot in the Tom and Jerry timeline. Yes. There's no, there's no established relationship here, which really made me mad. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, like, hinted at that they kind of know each other, but, like, it's not at the same time. It's really weird. I I, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. What I don't get is how they meld CG animation with live-action people and make all the animals CGI. Some of them look like PS2 game characters, and it's I really know. unsettling. Yes. Like, the yes. cats who bully Tom all look like PS2 characters, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it's it's so jarring. Like, like Butch looks so bad, it's ridiculous. Uh, so, <laughs> this cast is comprised of Chloe, Ga- Chloe Grace Moretz as Kayla, a young employee of the Royal Gate Hotel, and a wedding planner who hires Tom to remove Jerry from the wedding. Michael Pine... Uh, is, is, is that Pena? Michael Pena? Jesus, Pena man. As uh, Terrence... The scheming event manager of the Royal Gate Hotel and Kayla's boss, Colin Joust A. The boy, as Ben, the groom of the wedding that the Royal Gate Hotel is planning and hosting. Uh, ben is also the owner of Spike. Yeah. Rob Delaney, my boy Peter. Deadpool two, Peter. <laughs> yeah. He he plays um Mr. Dubros, the wealthy general manager and owner of the Royal Gates Hotel. We got Ken Jong for some reason, a chef, uh, a chef Jackie, uh, a chef and baker at the Royal Gate Hotel. I cannot pronounce this name. You want to take a crack at it? Uh, Pallavi Sharda. Uh, she plays uh, Petra, the wedding, 
uh, the bride of the wedding and Ben's fiance. Petra is also the owner of Tootie's uh, Toots uh, Galore, the cat, the it's little the girl cat. It's the love interest for Tom, basically. Um, Jordan Bulger, who Bulger <laughs> Bulger as Cameron, a bartender at the Royal Gates Hotel. He was actually really good in this movie. I actually liked him. <laughs> and uh, is that Patsy Farron? Patsy Farron as Joy, the bell girl. An awkward Royal Gate Hotel bellhop. I also liked her, too. <laughs> she was fun. I honestly liked every single um, live-action actor in this movie. I hated all the cartoons, except for Spike. Spike is the best. We stand Spike. But, <laughs> like, like Chloe Grace Moretz is awesome. I love her. Oh, Michael yeah. Pena is a goddamn treasure. I love Colin Jost. Rob Delaney is awesome to see in things. Ken Jong is, you know, obviously a legend. Um, I haven't seen Pallavi Sharda in a lot of stuff, but she was funny in this, even though this is a Tom and Jerry movie. Uh, Jordan Bolger was like the saving grace for some of the human characters. He'd show up, and I'd be like, oh, man, he makes the Chloe Grace Moretz phone-ins actually look good. And then Patsy Farron, um, she was just a fun and awkward actress to put in this. Oh, yeah, I, I, so. could, definitely, I, I could definitely see her getting a breakout role from, from this. Yeah, because she was actually like I, good in this movie. <laughs> I I one hundred percent. I mean, see everyone her. was good in this movie, but no, I I, I see her being typecasted as, as that awkward girl, though. But I definitely, I, mean, yeah. I, I definitely hey, do see her being a breakout. Yeah, take the typecast while you can, man. And also, um, I have to add, um, Colin Joust uh, is um the luckiest man alive. He is currently, I think, he is what um his fiance is Scarlett Johansson. Oh really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Good yeah. for that guy. I thought he yeah. was just the SNL guy. He he's the SNL guy who's going to be married to Black Widow. Wow. Give him a Marvel movie. Come on. <laughs> uh, now there's also a voice cast. Um, um, William Hanna, um, Mel, uh, Blank, uh, June Foyer. Um, they had their they had their voices archived. For the, for the voices of Tom and Jerry as well. It's basically all the screaming. Yeah. Such yeah. Such, such good stuff. Uh, T-Pain played um, Tom's singing voice. Which I thought was hilarious. Tom is um, black, canonically. So we got Nikki Jam as Butch. Why? Uh, <laughs> which is the disgruntled black alley cat who is the leader of the gang of the alley in Manhattan. Uh, Bobby... Bobby Cavanale, bro. Cavanale. <laughs> Bobby Cavanale is names. awesome. <laughs> um, then we got uh, Lay Ray Howell. Lil, Lil Ray Howry, bro. Lil Ray, Lil Rel Howry. As both the shoulder and devil. He's the um, uh, guy from Doc, uh, from Uncle Drew. He was in uh, Bird Box as the guy who worked at the Walmart. He is uh, a director and actor. Overall, he, and I think he's a rapper too. He's great. But, but by the way, um, since when the fuck was this gang called the Plastic Cup Boys? I don't remember this from the cartoon at all. I don't know. Um, that consisted of Joey Wells as Lightning, the Orange Cat, Harry Ratchin, uh, Ratchford as Toopsy, the Gray. He's the think, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the kitten. Uh, Nami Wynn as Meathead, and Spank Horton. As Ash. Yo, your name is Spank. So, yeah, I do not, I, I, for, I, I, maybe they, maybe they were called the Plastic Cup Boys in a cartoon. I never remember them having an actual name. I just remember them being a gang of cats. Yeah. 
It's just so crazy to me that this cast is like actually really good, and then you have a movie that isn't. I mean, it happens all the time. Look at Green Lantern. Look at yeah. uh, Thor two or Iron Man two. Like this is good movies, uh, yeah, good I, cast with bad movies. It, it it's mainly the writing itself. It's not like well, it, yeah. It's not the acting. It's it, it's the writing. I don't even think it's the directing either. Tim Story, I think, did a good job directing. It was Kevin Costello that just went too hard on the millennial humor that just made this movie not what it is. Tom and Jerry is from an era of slapstick, raunchy humor that just doesn't fit well in today's day and age of fucking snowflakes and zennials or whatever. It just like, didn't work. What's funny is, like, I even listed off in um in my notes. I'll, I'll, I'll break apart from I'll break apart from there. So. Um, the sad Tom that we see sit in the cardboard box, that's the same sad, that's the same sad Tom animation from the episode where Tom and Jerry kill themselves on the train tracks. Oh, there's a lot of reused animations, and I think it's a lot of homages. When we were watching it, Courtney was pointing out a bunch of uh, stuff that happened in old episodes, and so was I, and I thought that was really cool. It's cool to see, like, the old stuff get reimagined to, you know, modern day. It's just some of the jokes that some of the people make, like... We'll get into it when we get to the notes. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work. It's like Dude, um, Tom he, flosses he, and Jerry does Orange Justice. That's not okay. Like that's ridiculous. And also, like Colin Jouse is like just like he he's I, what, he has like he he he's like I think he's being typecasted as a fucking idiot nowadays. He's being uh, typecasted as a himbo. <laughs> he's a hot idiot. Yeah. That's what they're casting him as, and it works. But, you know. Um, so, I, th- this film's budget was $79 million. Which isn't really that much compared to a lot of su- other surprisingly, movies. Surprisingly, because this film was just fucking B-roll. It I was know. B-roll. <laughs> Dude, every five minutes there was a uh, as a musical number. Well, not, a si- like, not like they're singing, but like every five minutes they had a licensed song play. I was like, is this movie a montage of clips or is this movie a movie? What are we doing here? And then surprisingly, the, this movie made thirty nine million at the box office. I feel like even though this movie's bad, it would have made a lot more money if it actually got to release in theaters. Because that's thirty nine point seven million. It released limited in theaters because of COVID. If COVID wasn't around, I think that movie would have made back its budget at least. It'd still be considered a bomb because you usually have to double the budget for marketing, blah blah blah. But I think it would have made its money back significantly if it was actually released to a wider audience with no COVID restrictions. Oh yeah, I I would one hundred percent agree to that. I, I think I think I would have saw this movie with my friends just to go make fun of it, just because I knew it was oh, going to yeah. be bad. Like, but I don't think I would have seen this movie like genuinely. I know a lot of kids would see I, this movie, but I I probably would have enjoyed it more if I saw it in theaters. Yeah, because you can well. laugh with the audience and be like, "What the fuck is happening?" So, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll just dive into notes right now before. So the first note makes a lot of sense. I wish we got a movie that looked like that because the Alvin and the chipmunk style and the Garfield style work because they are creatures that are CGI'd, but they look realistic in a world. I understand what they were going with, with the Tom and Jerry stuff where they wanted to make it cartoons and mesh it with real life. But I think it would have really benefited from having a Garfield style aesthetic where it's humans interacting with human-like animals that are doing stupid cartoon mischief. Because you can still do that shit. I don't know, man. Big Um, misstep. So, this movie um, uh, was planned for a live-action... The plans for live-action Tom and Jerry were announced in 2009. Legit, like, fucking 10 years ago. Yeah. 
following the, the success of Alvin and the Chipmunks, which is like, as a kid, I loved Alvin and Chipmunks. That was a the good first movie is like kind of good. I I kind of want us to cover it down the line. Jason it's, Lee. I, I, <laughs> I, I I I think we might get a kick it's out not of a, it. The first one's not a bad movie. It's the second one where there's naked lady rat, the naked lady chipmunks, and they're singing a song to uh, David. Oh my god, David Cross, and it's really creepy. <laughs> um and we- <laughs> You know what scene I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so um, this film was to follow Tom and Jerry's origins over a Chicago backdrop. Hey, it's me, Tom. I'm from Chicago. Give me a hot dog. The, the film was to be produced by Dan Lin, and script was supposed to be run by Eric Gravings. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that right. I looked up the pronunciation of last names before we record. Cause I'm smart. Big brain here. For the most part. <gasps> On April 6, 2015, plans shifted from a live-action film to a fully animated film. I wish. And was to stay in the same vein as the source material. That movie would have I been wish. actually good. <laughs> the, the, the laws of physics would have made sense. In, in October 2018, it was announced that Tim's story would direct a live-action animated Tom and Jerry film Excuse me for Warner Brothers. Which would begin filming in two thousand and which begin in twenty nineteen. It was reported that story was in discussion with Warner Brothers executives about what he was interested in directing, even before directing the new Shaft film at the time. When the Tom and Jerry film was brought up, uh, Story immediately mentioned his admiration for the characters and how he loved tackling the property and you can see there's a lot of love and care that goes into the attention oh, yeah. detail of the characters it's... alex i'm not blaming tim story i'm really not even truly blaming kevin costello i'm kind of blaming the studio heads while trying to make this for kids but also trying to make this for the like no yeah it has adult jokes in it like i don't like getting pounded like there are adult jokes it's just they don't land because they we have to see the cringy kid stuff if they made this movie for the audience that who who watched Tom and Jerry, I think it would have been a lot better. Cause yeah, we don't need to see dicks and tits and stuff like that. We just need to see raunchy humor with cartoons. Like Sausage Party is really good because of that. Yeah, 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 one hundred. And Tom and Jerry is like our. I mean, it's not even really our thing growing up. A lot of my 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 mom and dad watched Tom and Jerry when they grew up. Like it's just it kept going. But the kids nowadays barely know who Tom and Jerry are. Well, so I mean, having a kids movie for them and having them floss and do Fortnite dances and, you know, it, it just doesn't. Ugh. And like, the gender joke me, is really bad. For, for, for me, I, I did grow up watching Tom and Jerry a lot because, like, Boomerang was, was a staple for us. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, me and you are part of the demographic that did watch Tom and Jerry growing up because it was on repeat all the time. And also because they made new shows all the time around that era. Tom and Jerry Tom, kids. Jerry. Yeah, Tom and Jerry kids. Tom and... Jerry kids. I remember that shit. That was, my, that was my jam. That. It, when you stayed home from school, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't um the price is right and judge Judy for me. It was Tom and Jerry kids and Scooby and, and a pup named Scooby Doo. Dude, that's what's up. Red herring. Oh man. Dude, what <laughs> what I would love I have a serious question about what they did to my boy Droopy the dog. They made him a psychopath. Oh, yeah. Dude, the, right well, when Tom like enters a- Right when Tom enters a, the uh, leaves the subway, that's like a joke though. Yeah, you see like a Joker poster. Like what the fuck? And then you see him in 
the pound and he's looking like Hannibal Lecter. I'm like, what do they do? Wait, like, uh, like, this man has I, a kid. I think that's like a fan theory that, 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 that Droopy is just like an evil, evil person. Well, because he's kind of like a sassy bitch. <laughs> like he'll say something but, to Tom and be, and it's like, Jesus, dude, you ain't gonna roast him. <laughs> like, calm down. Do you want to pick up this next paragraph because it has a lot of actors' names that I'm oh my be, God. Uh, butchering? Yeah, I got this. So, <clears throat> in uh, March 2019, it was reported that Zoe Dutch and Olivia Cook were frontrunners for the li- uh, the lead live action role of Kayla, who teams up with Tom and Jerry. Oh, who teams up with Tom to stop Jerry from ruining the wedding? Dude, Olivia Cook would have been good in this. Olivia Cook is yeah. um the chick from uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, I would like to turn this. I mean, I like Chloe Grace Moretz more than I like Olivia Cook, but Olivia Cook has got some good movies under her belt. And I, I think also um, Zoe Deutsch would, would have been good too, because mm-hmm. she was the little sister from uh, Zombieland. That's who Zoe Deutsch is. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Well, I I looked it up before recording. Really? I thought it was. Yes. Um... No, it wasn't. You freaking no. Yes. That that yes. no, it's not. That's Zoe Deutsch. That's not who the little sister from Zombieland is. Little sister from Zombieland is still young. This is the chick from um, Sweet Life on Deck and Vampire Academy. She was in Zombieland Double Tap as the blonde chick. Oh, that's why I kind of like I thought because I saw this like okay. Yeah, no, she was she was in Zombieland Double Tap as the blonde chick that um, Jesse uh, Eisenberg tries to hook up with after him and Emma Stone oh, break up. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's who she is. Okay. Wasn't Zombieland, just the wrong one. Uh, later in the month, it was reported that Peter Dinklage was considered for the role of Terrence. Oh my god, that would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> that, that would have been so much better. Like, I'm sorry. But I, feel but... Like they, but I feel like him being the size of Tom would have been really, like, not okay. But no, but it, 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 it would have been funny, though. <laughs> well, there would have been a lot more. Especially if you have him getting dragged around the city by Spike. Oh, it it would have been perfect. I think his attitude would have been good, but I don't think it would have been okay to do it as him just because it just seems a little fucked up that they have a uh, little person being dragged around by a dog or being the same size as a cartoon animal. I think Michael Payne did a great job. Um, oh, Lola, do fart. Come on, man. Uh, where were we? Ooh, Ariel Winter would have been good, too. Uh, in April, Chloe Grace Moretz was in final negotiations to star in the film. She described Kayla as a lot like Jerry and as a girl... Um, and as a girl who gunned for what she wanted to achieve, but realized that time and honesty is what will prevail in the end. I skipped the, over. Um, I skipped over all the names because it's not important. <laughs> it's not. Jennifer Lawrence, too old. Haley Steinfeld, too busy. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, too busy. Naomi Scott, too busy. Everyone's too busy. Like none of these. You know, Becky G's not busy, but she's not popular enough. She's a musician. She was in. Uh, she was the Yellow Power Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. Um. Uh, yeah, she also described her as a total goofball, the latter, um, in which she uh, likes to lean into in real life. Uh, she also said that Kayla is a little unlikable with some of the decisions she makes, yet she still wanted the character to be likable. Moretz was inspired by her perform- um, was inspired in her performance by Bob Hoskins' performance as Eddie Valiant in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as well as actress Sandra Bullock, Aniston, Lucille Ball, and Meg Ryan. I didn't see that at all, but okay. Um, I my- can see the... Um... The Bob Hopkins. Oh yeah, no, I, I meant the I meant the latter stuff. Yeah. Um, in 2019 of May, Michael Pena joined the cast uh, the role for the role of Peter Dinklage that was um, eyed for. Then we had Colin Jost, Rob Delaney, Ken Jong, and everyone else signed in for July. And then the last cast member, the last live action cast member, was uh, Patsy Farron, who was casted in September. 
of 2019. And then in November of 2020, um, they had the rest of the voice cast roles roll up. And they had Nicky Jam and Lil Rel Howery to show up in the film. They also had Bobby Cavanale as well. And then in tw- December of 2020, that's when Jam fully revealed that he was in the movie. Which is only like two months ago, really. Uh, principal photography began in 2019 in England, even though, uh, where did they film in England? Because all the scenes look like they're in New York, because, I mean, you, they do you the, get a lot, like, you they do the establishing like, shots in New York. I feel like the hotel might have been in, um, a lot in England. England. Yeah. Well, like, um, if you look at some of the, um, some of the Marvel films, all of them are filmed in Georgia. I mean, there's a, yeah, but when they zoom in on, like, the New York stuff, it's just B-roll, I know. It's, but it, it, it's, it's cool to think that movies get stuff to fucking done. find. I know. It's heli- go on Google and type in helicopter pan of New York City. And also, like, for, for, for a fact, like, one Central Park does not look that good. No, it never looks that good. That's, like, 20 years old. That's what that footage is from. Yeah. Uh, the film was shot by cinematographer Alan Stewart on the Sony Venice cameras, um, cinema cameras and Panavision Primo 70s with the Artiste lenses. Uh, animators were present during the filming, allowing cast members to improvise while figures of the titular characters were handled by puppeteers. Okay, so they did use puppets. Good. Yes. Because I was trying to like think about like how did they film this movie with these characters looking so different than like like in the Garfield thing, you just get a, like a, a stuffed cat and make it dance around and be like, it look kind of looks like this. Have fun. Well, it's like it's like what they did for the Scooby Doo movie. Um, Tennis balls they just and stuff. Had Scooby's head. Yeah. And they were able to, like, to to map it from there. That's yeah, scary. Um, but filming ended in the industry, shut down in response to COVID-19. Uh, the animation services were provided by Framestore, why? Who hired 3D animators to, um, with a passion for 2D animation for this project. What's up? I kind of want to touch on, like, th- this film got lucky. It legit stopped. It, it was done filming just before the world Yeah, they just had Yeah, they just had to do all the voice work. That's, like... Good for them, but that's like fucking terrifying for me to think of. Oh yeah. Uh, I think you're <sighs> up to. Sorry, I was yawning. Um, the strategy the animators used was to base the animation off a of stylized 3D CGI VFX modeling through a vintage 2D finish by creating innovative rigging animation techniques that used 2D animation and custom tools such as lighting and rendering, which would make them look 2D. It just made them look like. PS2 models, man. It didn't work. Like, oh, yeah. I, it, it, I understand what they were going for. You could see they were 3D beings, but making them look 2D, I just think you should have just stuck with one. Either make it, them it fully 2D like, um, or make them fully 3D. Seeing Butch, it kind of looked like... Um, Butch looked so bad. He was the worst it, it, one. It, it, it looked like a cutscene out of like the Kingdom uh, like the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, for sure. Like, Spike, was so... Spike looked really good, and so did Jerry. But I think they just fucked up on the cats. Because, like, Tom looked good in some parts, but really bad in other parts. But you look at Spike, and Spike looked awesome. You see uh, Jerry. Jerry looks fine. I like the street mouse that was selling him the car. He looked good. He was a little scary, but he looked good. It's just so weird to see, like, some of these creatures just didn't look good at all. The pigeons looked okay. I think it's just the cats, man. Yeah, well, cats. like, minus, like, minus Tom. It was mainly Butch and the Plastic Cup Boys Butch and were company. just, like, fucked. Yeah, I mean, Tom, like I said, he looked bad in some parts, but really good in others. Um, the animators used really early Tom and Jerry shorts as reference for inspiration of the animation sequences. Work on them were done remotely during the pandemic while the filmmakers doing creative exploration on certain shots and uh, getting through the production groups. Uh, Tim Story's recurring collaborator for the music composer Christopher Lawrence, did, he scored the film. 
and then Water Tower Music released it. It had 30 tracks because every two seconds there was a goddamn like song. It was Pigeons so weird and so jarring. Singing. Pigeons were singing. Tom was singing. Um, who else was singing? There, there's like slow motion montages. It's so dumb. Anyway, um, there was a float in the Macy's Day Parade. I do not remember that. And it was announced that um, an Australian toy company called Moose Toys made a deal with Warner Brothers to make merchandise along with the upcoming Space Jam A New Legacy. I cannot wait for that fucking Space Jam movie. We gotta watch Space Jam this year. It comes out this year. I know. We gotta move some We're, stuff around. We are we, we are fucking taking advantage of this. Um, on February 20th, 2021, Warner Brothers released two new shorts onto HBO Max. How Tom and Jerry special shorts. I do not see these on the HBO Max at all. Uh, I think they're um. You have to go into the uh, what, the, the Tom and Jerry the section and then go to the extras. They're in there. Okay. Um. On okay, so blah, blah, to honor the 81st anniversary of Tom and Jerry, as well as to promote the film, these shorts share the style of the original HBO Max original Looney Tunes cartoon, as produced by Warner Brothers Animation. Yeah. As of February 28th, 2021, Tom and Jerry has grossed 14.1 million in the United States and in Canada, uh, in Canada, and 256 uh, 25.6 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 39.7. Yeah, so that's where we got most of the um, the box office for this guy. We got most of it overseas and a little bit in Canada and the U.S. because they know how to fucking do. Uh, the pandemic and listen to it. Yeah, most people overseas are basically okay. There's a couple um, states and countries that are a little, not states, you know what I mean, um, that are a little fucked up still, but a lot of them are recovering properly because they're wearing their goddamn masks and they are staying inside. And I'm also guilty of doing this, but I'm going to work and I need a job, so. I'm collecting unemployment. Well, that's still good. At least you're getting money. Yeah. In the United States and Canada, the film grossed $4 million from 2,479 theaters on its first day of release. $4 million on, on the first day, that's pretty good. Yeah. It, it went on to debut to $14.1 million, the second-based opening weekend of the pandemic, behind Warner Brothers' December release of Wonder Woman 1984. That makes sense. You don't need to read the audiences. Yeah, just go back to the video that we reviewed it on. There will be a title card. There will be the card on top of the eye. You can yeah. go watch that episode. Jump to David He'll... Gross. Um, what? Ju- jump oh, to David dude. Gross. Yeah. Uh, David Gross, who runs the movie consulting of film franchise entertainment research, said, uh, said of the figure with half of the theaters still closed, the pandemic's still a threat, and Tom and Jerry able available at home. This is a very good opening. The yeah, that's what I was, was saying. I'm surprised it made like forty million dollars. Oh yeah, no, like, it's it, it's baffling that it made that much. Yeah. Uh, this film was initially released in seven international markets, grossing one point forty-five million. Uh, Singapore uh, led with uh, four hundred and fifty-seven thousand by its second weekend of international release. The film was played in sixteen markets, including. Debuting at number one in Brazil for 746000 and in Mexico at 395000 Hell yeah, man. We didn't really have a lot of notes for this because it is a new movie. And I, as that happens, there's a lot of stuff that we can't really talk about. But we'll get into pre- the plot and some of our mid-movie notes dude, 
that so will pretty much, make um, up for it. Like I, as you, I, as you all know, our bit about we definitely write all these notes off the top of our head. We we do the research, but no. Like I mean, I, I wouldn't really say it's research, but we definitely at least try to find some stuff to talk about. It's pretty much everything we just read off here was everything that was on uh, the Wikipedia page. For Don't it. tell. Shh, that's our secret. <laughs> um, we do give credit to them because they have helped keep our podcast more interesting and help us. Well, they keep it more informational. Yes. And a little bit longer. Uh, so let's move on to the plot. So <clears throat> in Manhattan, Tom Cat, who, who it's Tom D. Cat, who dreams of becoming a pianist to play with John Legend, plays in Central Park while his longtime rival Jer- Jerome A. Mouse, I will not let that go, is in search of a new home. During okay. one of Tom's performances, Jerome picks a fight with him, which ends in Tom's keyboard being destroyed. First off. It is not established. They have a rivalry here. This is their first fucking meeting. Is it though? I told you it's hinted, man. I I it's hinted, but it seems like their first meeting. Mm-hmm. Because one, because like, um, essentially, like what what would have happened was, um, Tom essentially would be able to outsmart a lot of Jerry stuff at this point. I think. And um, <clears throat> I I personally do think that um, uh, immediately um, Tom would have like ate Jerry as soon as he landed on the piano. I don't think so. He was pretending that would have been done. Anyway, uh, Kayla Forrester, a young woman doing odd jobs, ends up bumping into Tom while he is chasing Jerome, looking for. Uh, Position at the Royal Gate Hotel, Kayla is tasked with uh, helping event manager Michael Pena to set up a high-profile wedding after uh, presenting a stolen resume of her own uh, as her own. At the same time, Jerome takes up residence at the hotel where his regular shenanigans involving stealing food and items Call to ramp up his lifestyle. His name is Jerry. goddamn Jerome, it's and you Jerry. cannot stop me. <laughs> it's Jerry, you buff. It's Jerome A. Mouse. They literally call him Jerome A. Mouse in the credits, and I hate it. I'll be honest that they they are casted as themselves. Yeah, I know. My brain melted. Even on HBO Max, they're casted as themselves. Look at the casting in HBO Max. It says Tom and Jerry are in the cast. My brain melted. (laughs) Uh, Petra and her fiancé, Ben, along with their pets, Spike and Toots, Arrive at the hotel where they met by Kayla and Terrence, uh, who both greet them unaware of Jerry stealing Petra's handbag. As the couple is escorted to their room, Jerry presents uh, presence is made known, which he puts the wedding in uh, at the hotel at risk. Kayla offers to help catch Jerry without anyone knowing, which impresses um, Henry Dubros, the hotel owner. In her pursuit to catch Jerry, Kayla uh, befriends a bartender named Cameron. Meanwhile, a depressed Tom falls into despair until he notices Jerry inside one of the hotel rooms. As enraged, as enraged Tom goes after him, leading to the pair fighting and wrecking the hotel, uh, wrecking the whole room. Kayla comes to check, uh, check due to noise complaints befriends Tom and persuades Dubros on hiring him to catch Jerry despite Terrence's disagreement. Hmm. Uh, 
Anything you want to add to that? No, it's uh, it's kind of straightforward. They basically just give you all the characters and they show you what's up, and then they give you the problem at hand. They have a very expensive wedding coming to this hotel, and Tom and Jerry can't fuck it up. That's basically the whole thing. So, <clears throat> I will continue on with the plot. Yes. After many failed attempts, Tom finally succeeds in catching uh, in getting Jerome out of the hotel. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kayla learns from Prita that her engagement ring is missing oh, and offers to help without Colin Yost knowing. Sparking a friendship between the two. Learning that Tom has uh, has gotten rid of Jerome, Kayla celebrates with Cameron and Tom. And the latter, I can see you reacting, and the latter plays um, a song uh, as, as T-Pain uh, to impress Toots. Um, however, Toots. Jerome returns and reveals to Kayla that he had Frida's ring with him and agrees to give it back to her if she lets him stay in the hotel. Before Kayla can agree, Michael Pena shows up well, uh, from Walking Spike, who took a big shit in the street. Uh, J Jerome hides in Kayla's coat pocket, sparking a chase between Spike, Tom, and Jerome, demolishing the hotel reception desk. And also, the piece de resistance, the big glass thing, the egg, the crown jewel. I fucking hate you. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Read the next paragraph, baby boy. <laughs> uh, Terrence is put on leave while Kayla takes over as event manager for uh, returning the ring. Uh, stolen by Jerry. It's Jerry, not it's Jerome. Jer it's Jerome. Jerry. The audience will agree. He has a business card. He has a business card. It says Jerry on it. And then they credit him as Jerome, and Henry Dubois calls him Jerome. And I'm like, how do you get Jer Jerry from Jerome? And then they say his name's Jerome, and I don't get it. Anyway. Does that. To prevent any more of. Tom's shenanigans, risking the wedding and thus her job, Kayla tells them to have to get along and spend the whole next day far away from the hotel. Where if they, make they an want Instagram to stay. Page. <laughs> what? They make an Instagram page. Yes. Which um And Prita's following it for some reason. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a little weird. Um the go on the next day if they want to stay. Uh, to which they agreed. Tom and Jerry bond during the trip, but unfortunately are taken to a pet compound after they inadvertently disturb a Yankee baseball game. They make the Yankees lose the World yep. Series or something. It's like ridiculous. Oh, well. A vengeful Michael Pena visits Tom and Jerome in their cell, and he tells lies. <laughs> I'm going to set you on and fire. He tells, he tells lies about the duo, angering them both. At the start of the wedding, uh, Michael Pena incites uh, Tom and Jerome to fight, which ultimately results in the rest of the hotel getting wrecked and the wedding ruined. Tom and Kayla get kicked out, and knowing that it is their fault the wedding was ruined, Tom and Jerome, finally putting their differences aside, decide to work together to fix up everything. They persuade Prita on an electric skateboard and aerial drone to lure her to Ben. Uh, pursue, not persuade. Which results in the wedding being held at the big garden across the street. Better better known as Central Park, which was uh, better than originally planned. Uh, Prita and Colin Yost open up with each other, while Kayla, along with Linda Perrybottom, the British chick from the beginning of the movie, uh, who she took the resume from, gets a job at the hotel. As the film ends, the wedding continues until a mishap caused by Jerome reignites the longtime battle between Tom. Uh, in a post-credit scene, you. in a post-credit scene, Colin Yost finds he's being charged for both weddings, which I think is a little ridiculous. 
Well, I'm 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 still gonna fucking hurt you. <laughs> you can go back in and edit every time I say Jerome to Jerry if you really want to, but I know I, you won't. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, because you know how painful it is for me to fucking edit. Because you know, I I say, hey, I'm gonna add a picture. I never fucking do. <laughs> Well, it's because you have other things to do. Because I, I, I forget, you. and I go like, oh, huh, so what timestamp did I do for this? Oh, I forget. Who cares? You should, you should write them down. Anyway, so yeah. um, on with the mid-movie notes. So I forgot to write them while I was watching it, but I do have a detailed account of my video and text reactions that I can play slash read that I did with my friends while watching this. So going up to the top, um, I got a lot. So... I said, watching the Tom and Jerry movie, all the animals are animated, I guess for consistency, but they all look like ass and they don't belong. Uh, like, why didn't they do a Garfield style? At least that looks okay. Like, Tom got hit by a car, which would kill a cat, but since they're animated, it doesn't. But, like, dude, Jerry just did Orange Justice. I, and I said, I'm unraveling here. Um, my next note is, why is Chloe Grace Moretz in this? She's way too good for shit like this. And then the next one is, it's like Jason Earl doing Alvin and the Chipmunks, but at least those animals look real. Oh my god. I send a video of Butch attacking Tom, and I go, it's a PS2 game, why? <laughs> um, there's a scene where I'm like, yo, it's Peter from Deadpool 2. Um, <laughs> I did that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad we're the, that. I'm glad we're the same. So, um, there's this note that I had right before the answer was, the question was answered. I said, so if all the animals are cartoons, does that mean, uh, all the food that comes from the animals are cartoons as well? And then it's revealed, meat is cartoons confirmed, asked and answered. What the fuck? I said, this film is wild. Um, I have a video of Spike and I, and it just says, we stand Spike. Um, there's a scene where Colin Yost is talking about how Spike is a little crazy, and he goes, Sorry, he's a little animated, and I wanted to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the only joke they do that is like references animation. And then there's the scene where Michael Pena, Chloe Grace Moretz, Ken Jong, and the, uh, the, 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 the bigger ginger, um, chef, the one who looks like Zach. <laughs> You know, he doesn't look like you. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> he looks like the two of us combined. <laughs> yeah, you know what he does. Take off, yeah, take off my glasses. He's the two of us combined. Um, where, where they're like, where Chloe Grace Moretz goes, I'll catch them out. I'll, I'll go catch him. And then he goes, well, he could be a she. And then Michael Payne goes, or are they? And then I'm just like, and then they just all look Aww. at each other and then look at the camera. And I'm like, don't misgender the mouse, bro. <laughs> so stupid. And then my friend sent a picture of his face as a reaction. Um, then I have a video of me going, uh, Lil Rel Howery voiced Tom and, uh, Tom's two angels, which is his consciousness, like his consciousness inside his head, which means that would be his voice. So that means Tom is canonically black. Don't, don't care if he's black, Jerry, whatever. Because his name is Jerome as well? Yes. His name cool. is, J Jerome isn't a black person's name, it's an anybody's name. Don't be racist with names. Anyway, um, what? and then I, and I said I liked how they talked in the old movies, um, I said, this is the fourth time in 20 minutes that they've used a licensed song. My buddy just goes, this is the air cut. <laughs> um, I said, I want to see the, the fuck? <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> I said, I want to see the behind the scenes for this film because they are talking to cartoons. Um, I went, um, the hotel just hired a cartoon cat. 
And they did another song. And they gave him a hat and a name tag. And then I go, Tom Flost. And then one of my next notes is, he can't talk, but he can sing like T-Pain. Yeah. Um, there's another music scene. A Droopy is in a Hannibal outfit. They also made a Joker poster. Why? Uh, then I started talking about a new Scooby-Doo movie. And then I wrote, Jerry's full name is Jerome A. Mouth. A. Mouse. What is happening? And then I sent uh, pictures of the credits. And then I said, did my boy Droopy no justice? And then I said, there's an end credit scene. It's not important, but it's kind of funny. And then I sent a video of Tom and Jerry being in the credits in the HBO Max description. And then I talked about going to Dairy Queen on Friday. <laughs> That's okay, my cool. mid-movie notes. <laughs> cool. Um, here are my mid-movie notes. For starters, why is this movie in 4K? That's facts. Why? It does not need to be in 4K. There's no point. It, With it being in 4K, made it look ten times worse for, for the animation. Yo, honestly. Um, no, stop the singing sky rats. <laughs> stop the singing pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a Disney joke in this. Yeah, he goes, the mouse house. Wait, is that copyright? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, are they not supposed to know each other? And then I, I think I think there was a, a classic bit. I, I I like the overall classic bits of Tom and Jerry. Um, every animal is a cartoon. Why? <laughs> That's what I said. I just kind of wanted like just the main cast to be cartoons, yeah. like Tom, Jerry, Spike, Toots, and then Butch and Friends, and then Droopy. Obviously, I wish they were all just animal uh, cartoons, and everyone else was real animals. Um, acting so far is, excuse me, is bad for the most part. The doorman killed Tom. He got hit by a car before that, so... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. Uh, uh, well, yeah. But, yeah but, 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 the, but, but the doorman chucked him across the street and Dude, threw him ridiculous. into the wall. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Imagine grabbing a cat and throwing it across the street in Manhattan. Jesus. Because, like... Cause, like we said, all the animals are cartoons, which means the doorman just took a cat and threw it. Yeah. Um. This film took nothing to took nothing to film. It's just fucking B roll. The every time when it's just a scene with Tom and Jerry is legit B roll. Mm-hmm. It's legit. Hey, can you film like this? Um. Film this hallway this, so like, you can have them run down it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or hey, can you film this? Can you film like? Like this, like this luggage cart, just moving for a moment. Ugh. Um, Chloe, Chloe, uh, it feels that Chloe Grace Moretz is kind of feeling, it's kind of phoning it in. I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom kill count is now up to six. This is when the garage door hit him five times <laughs> like, in a yeah, row, a bunch of times. I was like, oh my god! I was like, dude, I said the same thing when it was happening. I was like, dead, 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 dead. <laughs> Um, some of some of the animation is fucked, dude. Yeah, this is where Butch shows up. <laughs> he just shows up. He's like, "Hey, Booty Cat!" I'm like, "Oh no!" Cause I saw him. Because like, because when they did kind of like the like, the very front pro- profile, his mm-hmm. face looks so bad. I'm like, "No, it was so bad." Why? <laughs> um, it, at least it, it is established. That they know him though, so that's okay, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, is that Peter from Deadpool? It is. <laughs> uh, Tom Kill Count now up to seven. I think this is when he was trying to get into the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken Jong is a fucking goat. He is the best. Uh, Tom Kill Count up to eight now. Uh, Colin Joust, the luckiest man alive. We explained that at the beginning. He is engaged to um, Scarlett Scar- Johansson. Scarjo, baby. Which is like, that is very weird for me. That is like, I, I I think they probably met when she did um, I, I think for SNL probably. Probably, I mean he's a funny, good-looking guy, so it works. Uh, Spike, the only talking animal I like from the show, outside of like your, um, like your one-offs, like Jerry's cousin or Droopy. Um, Droopy, I think the um the kitten that was in the Plastic Cup Boys yeah uh, gang, and um. Uh, Jerry's little baby cousin, the yeah, baby it's mouse. Like Tuffy, I think his name is. Yeah, I I I like those characters. Uh, I think this is when, um, they're in uh, Dubro's office. It's like uh, Chloe, uh, Pena, and and them. Yeah, the acting was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, if a mouse can write a note, I'm burning the building down. <laughs> Dude, he writes a bunch of notes. Like, really? Um, he, Tom Kelly Count, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, Young Frankenstein, 14, 15, 16, 17. <laughs> this is when he's, like, actually trying to get in. Yeah. When, when he sees um Jerry in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. That name tag is pinned to his chest. Facts. 18, 19... In case you're wondering why I'm counting, this is the kill count of Tom. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this many shanks since I was in prison. That's That was a line from Colin Joyce, from, from, from Colin Joyce, uh, when he said, yeah, I, I went to, I, I haven't seen this many shanks since I was in prison. You know, just blue collar, like a, a blue c- collar crime. <laughs> I think it's a white collar. Whatever's the one for rich people. Uh, Yeah, it, it, was, it was what white collar then. Yeah, they want to get real elephants. I see your note. Real <laughs> elephants, air quotes, heavy air quotes. Um, this is when um Joy, uh, the weird uh, bellhop, was like, I-, I-, "I lost my baby brother. How do you lose your baby brother?" It's possible. Are you speaking from experience? No, but like, let's say we're walking around a Walmart, and then he goes to hide, and then I turn around, and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's gone." You know, sound like it's. Anything crazy? Um, Tom, don't ever, don't ever floss again, Tom. I think this is when he starts singing. I said, ah, stop singing for the love of fuck. <laughs> um, how does that happen? I think this is when, uh, it's, uh, Spike. They're doing uh, the tornado and they break the ceiling for some reason? Yeah. yeah. How does that happen? The tornado. 20. Because th- 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 this is when the tree falls on his head and- Mm-hmm. Dead. Generic New York montage cued. This is when they're told Tom and Jerry be friends. Go out to New York. L- look around. Mm-hmm. Go to a Yankee game. <sighs> Court- Courtney was like, she got them Yankee tickets. I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> uh, like they probably just showed up. I, I forgot wh- wh- where where this was. Uh, the-, the 21 was from. Oh, that's right. Th- th- this is when he gets um fucking. 
Uh, he, he he flies into the traffic light. <laughs> 21, 22 with something else. Um, uh, she follows, uh, she him, follows on him on Instagram. Yeah. I kind of go, like, the pigeons go, hey, now let's go to the private wedding. Private wedding. Cue fireworks. Mm-hmm. Oh, v- very private. I just had this all known to the world. Every non-person is a cartoon that brought it up again for some reason. Mm-hmm. That sad Tom is the same Tom from when him and Jerry killed themselves on the train tracks when their love interest didn't fall in love with them. (laughs) How many times will Tom die here? Let's count more. 23, 24, 25. Uh, Tom and Jerry are casted as themselves. End credit scene. And then this is something that I 100% I think you might agree with. This movie was 10 minutes too long. What 10 minutes are you talking about? You, 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 you could take any 10 minutes out of it. Like, just take out maybe, like, chop down, like, the New York montage a bit. Um, mm. Maybe cut down the, the wedding a bit, too. Cut down Michael Pena sitting in his house? Yeah. Like, why? Like, the, the, this film was almost two hours long. It, it was an hour and 47 minutes. Yeah, I could it could have it could have been cut like ten minutes, or maybe could cut out the forty minutes, make it an hour long movie. Yeah. It it, it made no sense. All that right. is my <clears throat> movie notes. Now let's we have... move on to the reviews. So Rotten Tomatoes reports that this movie has a twenty six percent. Oh my god. But it's ridiculous. It, it, it has a good um fan rating of eighty five. Yeah, it's because fans like it, but they don't love it, which I think is weird. But also, like, I agree with the critics a little bit. Um, but with an average rating of 4.6, which makes more sense. Because uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score isn't, like, how good it is. It's how many people would recommend it. So 26% of everybody who saw the movie would recommend it to somebody. But they gave it an average rating of 4.5. So that's what it is. The site's consensus reads... It isn't the worst of the long, squabbling duo's feature-length adventures, but Tom and Jerry is disappointingly short on the anarchic? Anarchic? You could probably just fucking skip over it, I guess. Anarchy! Spirit of their classic classic shorts. And Metacritic has it a 33 out of 100, with generally unfavorable reviews. CinemaScore gave it an A-, with an audience score of... uh, yeah, and then post track says seventy nine percent gave it a positive score. That's false. Fuck you. So, uh. um, before we read the like the uh, the good and bad, I want to read one bad review that I was gonna put down for the bad one, but mm-hmm. I didn't. This bad review is from Bill G. Uh, Ebery, um, from the New York Magazine, slash the Vulture. Um, you know you're in trouble right at the start when the pigeons begin rapping. Yeah, that's facts. That is when it legit, opened up, like, I was like, "Oh, they're cartoon pigeons." Okay, and they start talking and singing, and I'm like, "God no." What? So, uh, right. um, so now I get to quote you because you gave this a higher score, Hunter. Yeah, Read that good review. <laughs> I had I had some laughs. So good from Adam Graham of the Detroit News. This bright, colorful Tom and Jerry brings the cartoon duo into the real world, and even if it's ne- even if it never amounts to much more than a series of escalating hijinks, it provides a fair amount of laughs outside the antics of its namesake duo. I totally agree with that. There are some laughs where I was like belly laughing because I was like, "This is fucking stupid. Why is this a thing?" So, 
Honestly, I I I would be lying if I said I didn't laugh at this, but I didn't have like belly laughs. Or anything. I it was like it, it was like like the huh. <laughs> okay. Mine were mostly belly laughs of disbelief. Now I have the bad review from Tracy Brown on the LA Times. If you're in the mood for this fa- for this flavor of cartoon violence, you're better off hunting down the classic shorts of or, or episodes of the Tom and Jerry Pass TV show. That's facts. The TV shows are much better. All right, so I gave it four. Michael Pena's talking to fake animals in an interrogation stream, straight out of a cop movie out of ten. It's not a quote. And... I couldn't find any memorable quotes. And my rating explanation. I said, do I really need this? With a question mark. I feel like we've summed it all up throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, I gave it a uh, three. I don't like being pounded out of ten. That Bobby is a Cavanale, quote from baby. Spike. Yeah. And here uh, I have a bit of a uh, kind of a beefy uh, ex- explanation of my rating. I'm saying it was okay. I wish the movie went in a better direction. Like not having Tom and Jerry just meet now because that's how it felt. It did not feel like yeah. there was an established relationship. It just felt like a normal cat and mouse thing. And yeah. in every movie they have ever been in, they have known each other. But here that history went away. Yes, kids nowadays don't know the Tom and Jerry that we do. Also, the saving grace of this movie was when Tom and Jerry uh, was oh the saving grace of this movie was well Tom and Jerry. If you look at if you take out the plot of Kayla, it would have been much better. Just m- mindless cartoon violence for maybe an hour with a small plot would have been the best way for it. Yeah, I feel like if Kayla wasn't in this, not because Chloe Grace Moretz did a bad job, I think she did fine. If like you just took out. Um, the whole human characteristic storyline and just put Tom and Jerry get into a hotel and Michael Pena, Ken Jong, and Peter from Deadpool 2 have to figure out a way to get them out yeah. before they ruin the wedding. I think it would have been a lot better than having Kayla have her own subplot. Even if Chloe Grace Moretz is in the film as Kayla, but wasn't such a central character, she was just yeah. like the friend to them. She was like, oh, I get what you're talking about. She's the audience insert. That would have been much better. But ha- giving her a side story where she's like a street rat trying to get like a job by cheating i'm like this is stupid what's happening i guess i want like like if this movie legit was like if you if you kept like the real world element and maybe tuned up the animation to the the way that we've been talking about do do an elephant and chipmunks or do a um sunk the hedgehog or a garfield sure even a fully 2d or yeah or or even have just fully in fully animated Mm mm-hmm I think probably if they were realistic, like realistic animal, but like animated, it mm. would have been fucking jarring and terrifying to look at. Well, this was the same thing though. No, but like, but no, like no, I'm talking about like like 3D animation, kind of like. I know, real, I, I know what you mean. Turning them into real things. It, it, it would have been jarring and way too, like. Yeah, I got you. Disgusting to look at, but yeah, I I just think if you if you take out the, the, the plot of Kayla trying to find a job. And just like kept it mainly focused on Tom and Jerry. It yeah, been... ruining a hotel with Michael Pena and Ken Jong freaking out. It would have been good. Yeah, yeah, like, or, or even like s- switch out um, Ken Jong, ha- have him be the boss, and have um, what Rob Delaney it was yeah. be the chef. I think it would have been mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah, it's weird because you can switch out all the actors in all the different roles because none of them had like a significant like. Yeah. role in the movie at all besides Kayla and her story was just kind of meh it, it, it was way too like because like he, he, you don't really 
you are behind her the whole entire time at that point because when you I see mean, her Ka- uh, Chloe Grace Moretz says she is kind of unlikable. Like so, one, like makes sense. Her, her only like role that I like her in is from Kick Ass when she was Hit Girl, because that is such a good fucking character. Well, I like her in uh, Neighbors Two, and uh, I've seen her in a bunch of other stuff. I just can't she, she name was in it off the top of my head. Summer for us. Yeah, she was pretty good in that one. She was the little sister. She was fun. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I like this film. I, I just didn't think it, it, it deserved, like, a high up there rating. It, it's, I liked it for what it was, if that makes sense. Like, it, yeah, it makes it makes It could have been worse. But, um, yeah. So, guys, um, I guess we want to round it off, Hunter, with that outro. Yeah, let's close it out. So... Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and Twitter at Box Office Loser for up-to-date news and, like, what episodes we're posting. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or on any podcast service. Leave a review, please. It helps us get up in the algorithm and share with a friend. But before we leave, Zachary, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me literally everywhere at Dark Shadows Inc. When I say everywhere, I mean if you if you could find me on fucking MySpace at Dark Shadows Inc., I'm probably there. Um, you can also find find me every Thursday on the Sports Hit List Facebook page, uh, reviewing the AEW uh, Dynamite from th- that week. I will be there tomorrow reviewing it. So, how come you guys don't there, post guys. it on YouTube? Uh, it doesn't get a lot of views on YouTube. So? We have a thousand views on one video on, on Facebook. So? Do both. I don't know why you don't do both. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't... Well, well, well the, 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 the page is public to, to look at for everything. It's not like I a know. private group. I know. I'm just saying. It would be cool if I could watch your stuff on YouTube. But I yeah. cannot. And where can they find you, Hunter? Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> well, you can find me at Scruffy Moose Man on all social media platforms. You can find me every Tuesday, every other Tuesday at Pound That Button, a gaming podcast. You can find me every Wednesday at Android's Amazing Podcast, a comic book podcast I do through my store. You can follow me also at Farthest Galaxy, a Star Wars podcast. Every Thursday, I do too many podcasts, and I you hate you myself. You guys just launched your your YouTube channel. I see. Yeah. Yeah, well, we didn't launch it. We set it up. We're probably going to just mostly be doing gaming because Star Wars, there's a lot of Star Wars video games, and I, we're going to talk about them on the show. So mm-hmm. I feel like having people be able to see, like, oh, they actually played it, too, makes a little more sense. We wanted to do, like, a little bit more into, like, live action stuff, but it's hard to do when uh, we both don't have editing software that works properly. But I did just get my new laptop, so fingers crossed on editing software there. So, uh, anyway, thank you guys for hearing me out about Star Wars. Uh, Zach, bye-bye. Yeah, goodbye. (laughs) Ah. Listen here, kitty cat. I don't like being pounded, capiche? I see you again, I bash your head in. Fight, get back here. Saw you again.